Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back to Special Episode with Kyle and Logan. Featuring your stars, Kyle Haywood and Logan Jones. Special Episode with Logan and Kyle was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. For your chance to be a part of our live Twitch audience, go to twitch.tv slash Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? Welcome to a special episode with Logan and Kyle. That's what we're going to call this. Special episode with Logan and Kyle. And we're going to have a little theme music playing in the background. And it'll be like the intro to a 90s sitcom. We'll have yellow font appearing at the bottom of the screen featuring Logan Jones. With a big with, thumbs with up. Kyle Haywood and Don Knotts, right? Or, I don't know, but um, yeah, Don Knotts. That's going way too far back. That's that's some uh, Andy Griffith type stuff. But can we get um, Jason to <laughs> if, if at some point in the future we redo the intro? I'd like to request that we just rip off Saved by the Bell's theme song. <laughs> I wouldn't mind step by step personally. Oh, that's a good. Uh, one too. Or, or F- Family Matters. I think Family Matters would be a fantastic. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, you know, intro. You know, the Cheers theme song is on an Applebee's commercial now, so nothing is safe. Yeah, which kind of takes me off because Applebee's is fine, but <laughs> Cheers is, <laughs> but Cheers is great. I like. You Cheers. said that the way that I say, like playing for Indiana would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're one minute into the episode and we're already throwing shade at Indiana. That's how you know it's a WNBA Nation podcast. Uh, early on, Logan, we've got a cool episode planned uh, for uh, for our listeners. This is something that you and I have talked about for the last couple weeks, and we finally just decided, hey, let's record this. We're already on mic. Let's just hop on and, and make an episode of this. Um, so for those of you listening, we actually are recording this the night of January 31st, but you're not going to be hearing this till probably, you know, Saturday or Sunday. Um, you know, like the, what, fifth and sixth or whatever those days are. I don't even know, but, um, that's kind of when you'll be hearing this because we just happen to be, um, we just, we just happen to be, you know, on and recording and we already put out our episode that you all listened to on Tuesday. And so here we go. We're, we're going to. We're just going to throw this in there as well, because this this was a lot of fun. Logan, why don't you go ahead and explain to our listeners what exactly we will be discussing on this episode? 
Yeah, this is going to be a fun one for all of you that are uh, both new to the league and our podcast and league coverage. And for some of you who've been around, uh, been around for a little while, maybe you, you know a lot about the league history and players who've played on these teams for a long time. Today we're going to do a little bit of discussion about every team in the league and what player from that team's history would most help their current team right now. Um, so it's going to be a little fantasy draft-ish. Um, not, not quite that way because we're not going to do like points or anything like that. But virtually, we're, I mean, basically we're going to walk through every franchise and say like, hey, who's the best player in this franchise's history that would fit on the current team and how would they help them? And why does this team need to go find a player like that in free agency so that they can be good? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's kind of where the idea originated. I know we talked about it in your kitchen for some time and we were like, this should be an episode. So I'm excited to get into it. Uh, We haven't shared each other's lists with one another as is show tradition. So it should should make for some good discussion and uh, maybe introduce you to some of the W's history that you don't know about. So, should be fun. Um, so basically, as far as I understand it, the player does not have to be retired, just a former player. So this could be someone who left last year. For example, you know, Candace Parker leaving L.A. You could take her right back to L.A. if you wanted to. So, um, Logan, generally we do this in alphabetical order of these teams. That's just how we do a lot of things. It's how we did, a, you know, a, a a lot of our episodes, we just kind of go in alphabetical order. How, what do you think? Does that sound that sound about right to you? Should Which, we just go any, for that? Yeah, any anything that the listeners can uh, can like if they skip forward in the episode, they're like, I don't like. They know where they're at. They know like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I missed something. So perfect. Perfect. Our I like amazing. it. I don't know why you would do that, but <laughs> solid. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go ahead and start with Atlanta then. All right, Logan, I'm going to kick this one over to you. I want to hear from you. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering if this is the if this is the same as eh, no, I'm lying. I'm hosting. I'm taking this one and I want to see if you got the same one as me. I changed my mind. <laughs> I if I was Atlanta and I could bring any former player back to my franchise, whether they were retired or currently playing, I'm taking Shamiqua Holesclaw. And um, I think it's, I think it just makes, it makes a ton of sense. I think that she's a player that obviously not only had a lot of talent, but could do, uh, uh, you know, but, but had a really solid, you know, career just overall Um, six time all-star, you know, rookie of the year, really, really solid uh, overall, overall player. So I think that holds club makes a lot of sense. If I'm going to take, a player, I think that that's who I'm going to take because they need some experience, they need some leadership in Atlanta, and they need talent. They kind of need all of those things. <laughs> and uh, Holtzclaw knows how to win. There's you a know? thing called talent. There's they a thing called it. talent. <laughs> she won three NCAA championships. She was the scoring champion in the WNBA in 2002, rebounding champion. Six-time All-Star, like I said, just her career speaks for itself. Um, a lot of people may not have considered her for Atlanta because she only played for them one season. Obviously, the vast majority of her career was in Washington and L.A., but towards the end of her of her career, her twilight years, where she had one stint in Atlanta and another season in uh, San Antonio. So I'm going to go ahead and take Holtzclaw as my Atlanta pick. And I'm curious where you went with this. Yeah, that's a totally fair answer. I probably went with the boring one here, but I went with Angel McCautry. 
the last Great time Andrew McCautry was in town, they were a two seed. They were a contender in the WNBA. I know it's hard to to imagine that now because Atlanta's <laughs> hit some. They're, they're hit, they've hit some rough times. It happens to every team. There's, there's yeah. an ebb and flow, uh, except Minnesota. Um, but like, there's there's always a, a back and forth. But Angel McCautry, there's kind of proof of concept here. I know that she never got the ring, and that's kind of the big bugaboo against her. But she's a five time All Star, basically a lock for 21 points a game every single game, every single night for every year of her career until she went to Las Vegas. And uh, I guess the last year in Atlanta, she was hurt. And then uh, she played some games in Las Vegas and was hurt again. So uh, prime Angel McCautry, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it work um, between her and Tiffany Hayes. Those are those are two players that kind of elevated the dream into contender status. And um, I know it kind of sucks to kick off with a player that's still active in the league. You didn't learn a new name just now from me, but I think she's the the player that, at, at her prime playing age, probably would have helped that team now most of all. Uh, they they badly need leadership, talent, scoring, all of it. I, I actually think it's a really solid pick. And just so everybody knows, I will be following several uh, similar trajectories as what Logan just talked about. A player that uh, left, but is really, really solid and still in the league. Um, in fact... That's where I'm going with the Chicago Sky. <laughs> Logan, I'm curious where you're going with this. I think that uh I think there was an ugly um I think there was a little bit of an ugly finish between this player and the Chicago Sky. There's a little bit of bad blood. I'm if if I'm the Chicago Sky and you can erase like bad blood history, I'm bringing Sylvia Fowles back. Yeah. yeah. Because with the current makeup of the Chicago Sky roster, you've got so many, like, so many talented players at the number one, the number two, the number three, the number four. And Candace Parker can play that five, but if you want to have Parker be running either, you know, out on the point or a stretch four, and you want to have one of the most dominant bigs in the history of the league, you got to go with Sylvia Fowles. So that's who I'm bringing back to Chicago. If uh, if if I were to bring back any of their former players, I'm curious where you went with this. That's a really good answer. Sylvia Fowles, I, I'm interested. I, I think when she goes into the Hall of Fame, she will probably go in as a Minnesota Lynx. Um, but she played, what, eight years? Is it eight years in Chicago? Uh, yeah, seven years in Chicago? Like that. And then another seven yeah. in Minnesota. Uh, I mean, her, her career is evenly. She's like a like a major league ace that's been at yeah. it since, you know, since 2008. And it just feels like, man, she just never, she never cooled down. She never got bad. Uh, Sylvia Fowles is who I had written down for Chicago, um, just because I think if you paired her with today's team, at least for one more year, you'd get Candace Parker and her out there together, basically holding teams to like 35 points a game. Uh, you could win every game by just <laughs> locking down yeah. on the defensive end. Uh, I think it bears mentioning that Elena Deladon also played four years in Chicago and was an all-star three times. And then there was an Olympic year. Um, so the, you know, her young, you know, she was drafted at 23, her youth contract, she instantly came to the league and was a big time scorer. Um, her career high for points per game was 2015. Um, she was, she was great for them. And I think she could be great for them now, but Chicago really has a wealth of options when you do this, like all time, like draft sort of thing. Um, for the record, Sylvia Fowles does lead the franchise in all time win shares with 32, uh, I think Elena Deladon is third on that list. Hmm. 
That's uh, interesting. But I can't get the number to come up. Oh, 23.6. And then Courtney Vandersloot has actually passed Deladon um, and has 26. But oh. It goes, yeah, in order. It goes. I Fowles, guess that makes sense. I, I guess that makes sense. Vandersloot's actually been around for quite a while. So Yeah. Considering Deladon played four seasons in Chicago and she's the number three win shares in the <laughs> franchise history. That's insane. Not bad. We miss you, EDD. Get, get healthy and get back. Get back. We want you back on the court. We'd love it. Um, Logan, I'm going to let you, I, I took the last two first. Let, I'm going to let you go ahead with Connecticut because I think Connecticut is where you and I both were like, Hmm, I think there were a ton of options here. And, uh, and I've got two names that I really, that I really could go with, but I'm curious with the current makeup of the Connecticut sun, who are you bringing back? Uh, I had a hard time with this one. Um, the sun have been around since 99, they're an OG team. Um, I, I was tempted to to be kind of snarky and say Tina Charles, but I won't. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a last minute change here because I think I'm looking for it. I like last minute changes. Uh, before she was an all star four times in Minnesota, Lindsay Whalen played six seasons in Connecticut. Uh, she was an all star in 2006 at age 24. Um, that was her breakout year actually came the following year where she started averaging double digit points a game. Um, legendary player. She basically was a lock for like 14 and five and five every night. Like she would just be that do it all guard. Um, at five nine, she had basically no size to speak of and she still <laughs> spent what, like 14 years in the league, uh, winning championships and, you know, getting the all-star game several times. So, uh, Wayland is a legend. Uh, I don't, think that's going to be who you picked. So I'm interested to see who you went with. No, I I love that pick actually. And that was, that was the first name that came to mind. Um, I ended up going uh, a different, I ended up going a slightly different direction than you. Um, simply because I just looking at like the makeup of the team. Um, what is our biggest criticism of Connecticut? Uh, no single star. No, like, or, I mean, or, or, I guess that changed last year because they had an MVP. Right, right, right. But, but we always were just like, oh, like who's, who's going to take the <laughs> shot when the game is on the line? Um, my, my initial thought was that they could, they just don't ever get over the hump. They're eternally oh, yeah. well, eliminated. <laughs> yeah. They're eternally, they're eternally like a top seed that doesn't win the championship. Right. So bring in someone who knows a little something about winning championships. All right. You're going to go ahead and bring in Taj McWilliams Franklin. All right. Yeah. Uh, two time WNBA champion, six time all-star, uh, just, uh, honestly has played for just about the thing is, is you could have picked Taj McWilliams Franklin for a pile <laughs> she, of teams. Yeah. She's a utility player. In this <laughs> so many teams. Sure. She played for Atlanta, Orlando, Connecticut, Los Angeles, Washington, Detroit, New York, and Minnesota. All right, so she's played all across the league. That being said, she knows how to win. She, uh, you know, she's she's just overall a really strong player, and um, yeah, I, I think that she could bring come in and and play that really, really solid, uh, you know, that leadership role. And I, I, the one hesitation I have with selecting Taj McWilliams Franklin there is that she's a power forward center which is they're pretty stacked at, but if she can be that, you know, 
just that veteran presence played a lot across the uh, across the league i think she could i think she could bring some uh bring some good um good vibes for the Connecticut Sun and help push them over over the edge there so that's where i'm going with that one she leads first of all she leads Connecticut in terms of uh career win shares um she also played till age 41 and her yeah. age 41 season was one of her better seasons like she did not taper <laughs> off at the end at all so when we talk yeah, about with like, Minnesota oh, yeah, yeah. We, when we talk about like, oh, if they could have prime Taj McWilliams Franklin, what we're meaning is any time between 2004 and 2012, like yep. any any of those years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we say prime, it's literally the career the of McWilliams Franklin. Yeah, so solid pick uh, for I, I think that. Oh, and there's another name that is not brought up here, but. I will bring up later. I'm very likely going to bring this name up later. Um, so, uh, so if you're if you're considering a player that would be fun to see back on Connecticut, um, and and you're wondering why they weren't brought up, wait a little bit. Uh, I might be bringing them up later. All nice. right. By the way, let's move John on Quill, to John Quill Jones. Five seasons uh-huh. in the league. She's number five in uh, franchise oh. win shares. That's that's actually super impressive, especially because she wasn't even starting until a couple seasons ago. Right. So. <laughs> uh, Logan, let's stick with you again for Dallas. Who are you Got bringing it. back to Dallas? Dallas is one of the hard. I, I think this actually was the hardest decision I had to make. This is a tough one um, because it came down to who I think might be the right answer and who is one of my favorite players in W history. So obviously I went with my heart. Swing cash. Oh, good pick. I think, okay. I think the current roster of Dallas Wings and all... I mean, everyone on this current Dallas roster is like less than four years in the league. Enrique and uh, Mabry are going into their fourth seasons. So, <laughs> And they're Ogubu, like vets Ogubu on Wale, the squad. who made the All-Star game last year and was the All-Star game MVP. And then Mabry, who probably was the first All-Star out. Like, she was on that bubble of like, maybe she's in, maybe she's out. She didn't make mm-hmm. it. Um Two really young players who have a lot going on, plus Sobley, who's going to enter her third year, plus the 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 trio we always talk about between Collier and Queer and Dungey, who are going to enter their second year, plus whoever they draft this year. They're so young. You know who they need? They need a a strong six one forward who knows a thing or two about winning in a couple different cities. She's another player. Six seasons in Detroit, four in Seattle, two in Chicago, two in New York. She's all over the place, <laughs> um, but that's uh, that, that's who I'm going with. I I think that's obviously she brings some scoring, um, but that's you know scoring and six rebounds a game goes a long way. But it's more just about how much I would trust her to kind of be the rock that that team is leaning on. Because right now I think the Wings are really leaning on Ogumbawale to be everything, and she sometimes tries to do too much on the offensive end. And probably not enough on the defensive end, I'm being honest. Um, and I, I think if they had someone to take that load off and sort of be the foundation of the team, you'd get a lot better production out of Arike because she could play her game and not force so much. And you could get Mabry as kind of your like your third piece of that. I think every good basketball team usually has about three pillars that it's built on and then a lot of other glue pieces that you add to the mix. And between Swin Cash and Mabry and Arike then you can let Sobley come along and be like the X factor. And then you can let some of those rookies develop. Um, and I, you know, especially I, I would like to see Charlie Collier and Awa queer 
kind of learn at the feet of one Have of the best forwards ever. So I like it. Um, you talked about uh, adding experience to a young team, and um, and that's I know we've brought that up a couple times. You know, like winning experience or just experience overall. I I dug a little bit deep, and I, I don't know how I feel about this. But I I, thought, I figured if I could squeak this player in in any form, I wanted to. So for Dallas, I'm going to go back to when they were the Tulsa Shock and had Cheryl Swoops play for them for a Oops. season. That was why yes. it was a hard decision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with Swoops. Um, I don't even know what to say. Uh, other than you're welcome to every Houston Comets fan that's out there for working in uh, – one of the original big three <laughs> into into this episode, um, but yeah, bringing Cheryl Swoops back to Dallas for all the reasons that you stated, um, I, I think that that she also fits that that mold perfectly. So you know, sorry, she's only won four titles and <laughs> you know two scoring titles, three MVPs. She might even it, be like skewing how we talk about modern day stars. Like yes. When, when we're like, oh, and, and Sue Bird kind of does this too, to an extent. Like when we talk about like, oh, they've won only one ring. Like, oh, like you know, Bree, <laughs> Bree's got two, but she's got potential for more. Let's see what she can do. Like she's got two. Yeah. Like, but those those early forerunners. It's like Tarasi's got one MVP, and Sue Bird doesn't have an MVP. Right. You know, they, like they really set the bar astronomically yeah. high. Those comments. <laughs> Absolutely. So if if there was ever a shot for me to get um to get um Cheryl Swoops in, she also technically played for Seattle, but I don't have her for my Seattle pick. So I went with uh I went with Swoops for, for Dallas. Um Logan, how much time do you want to spend with Indy? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the episode. Do we do we just both want to say the same name or are you gonna or are you gonna surprise me? No, I no went, surprises I went, here. Okay, on the count of three, one, two, three, Catch. Tamika Catchings, yeah. <laughs> so, Logan. I mean, um, I, got love, I got love for Katie Douglas, and, you know, those are the players that put there. But sure. It, I think Tamika Catchings is the number one, like, the, the most accomplished player in WNBA league history. Yes. Um, and, and we've talked about that before. When we put together uh, our WNBA 25 lists, we did that she episode. She was number one, right? Ago. She was my number one. I think she was the show's consensus number one. Yeah, I remember she was with Tarasi, I think, going to um, a lifer in Indiana, an all star virtually every single year that there wasn't an Olympic break. Um, never had a bad season, honestly. Uh, never had a season where she I mean, I think she had one season where she played less than 20 games. I mean, she was always out there, super consistent, did everything you could ask a player to do on the floor. I'm not going to spend time on her resume because we've done that plenty of times before. There's only one player in existence that I think could dig Indiana out of its current grave and make it an attractive location to get other stars in the house. And I think it's to be catchings. And, mm. and it, it pains me that she's in a, in a managerial role in that team now, because they're just, they're, they're facing such an uphill battle and, you know, they've been quiet all off season. This, this current team, I, I think Kelsey Mitchell's the most underrated player in the league today. I really believe that I've, I've like been looking at breakout candidates. She's already broken out. She's incredibly talented. She's phenomenal. She like, there's no amount of numbers that she can put up or personality she could have 
that could make Indiana an attractive destination for free agents this year. Mm-hmm. And it and it sucks because she's the type of player that deserves help. And between Kelsey Mitchell and Tamika Catchings, they're in the mix. They're they're playing against Chicago in the playoffs. I mean, I you know they I think give that team one off season to go make their pitch and be like, hey, Jewel Lloyd, come join us. Maybe. Um, the problem is Tamika Catchings, the player, isn't walking through that door. And right. uh, I'm worried that Indiana is, is not going to come up with a solution. All right. Dude, I, I'm not even going to add to that because, yeah, you just said exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking with, with Tamika Catchings. So, uh, Logan, let's go on to Las Vegas. I'm Vegas. curious where you're going with Las Vegas because they have a long history dating in Las Vegas and San Antonio and Utah. This is a, this is a, see, it feels like a new franchise. It's got a long history as far as, you know, actual organization and, and just movement as a franchise. This is a, one of the original franchises. If you go all the way back to the Utah years. So who are you bringing back to Las Vegas as hmm. far as former players go? Uh, all right. Well, there's like an obvious name that's been in the news recently in terms of things that Vegas have done. Uh, but I actually I, I picked Becky Hammond for a different team because I cheated. So, uh, so <laughs> yes. I'm not going to say Hammond. Uh, I am going to say Sophia Young Malcolm, who is technically the franchise's win shares leader. Um, although that isn't from the Las Vegas days. It's from the San Antonio Stars days. But mm-hmm. she played... Between 2006 and 2015, with the Stars, she was one of the league's leading uh, scorer-rebounder combos in that time. She was just a really good two-way player. Um, sometimes the best thing you can have on a team that's already got the scoring you need between Asia Wilson and the other scoring threats that play there, sometimes you just need a big who's super consistent. And right now they've got Liz Cambage, who's really good, but the opposite of consistent <laughs> um, not necessarily in, in terms of how she plays when she's there, but just her availability and, and you never know right. what you're going to get from her. So this is kind of the inverse of that. I think if you pair Asia Wilson and Becky, Becky Hammond, the coach who is now the coach there and the player, Sophia Young Malcolm, uh, I think you have a championship team. I love it. Um, I, I thought really hard about this one and here is where my, uh, my Utah bias comes in because the two players that immediately came to mind for me were Natalie Williams and Margot Dedek. Um, and so I wanted to pick Natalie Williams because Natalie Williams actually, um, I've, I've got connections with Natalie Williams. She actually is, uh, she's kind of the coach of several students that I've taught at high schools here in Cache Valley. Um, several of my players, I actually have a Natalie Williams bobblehead. Like, where is it? Oh, it's at my work actually. So I've got a Natalie Williams bobblehead. So I wanted to go there. Um, because obviously she's, she was the big time player, you know, four time all-star. She, she didn't play in the league, like for a super long period of time. She was only in it seven seasons. Yeah. And she, so out of those seven seasons, she's a three time all-star or four-time All-Star, three-time All- and All-WNBA first team. So, like, she's the real deal. And so I thought that she was a really obvious uh, a really obvious pick here. However, with that being said, I think that Natalie Williams is a little bit too close of a player to Asia Wilson. And I don't know if they would mesh well, so I had to go with a different player. I went with Margot Dedek. Um, because if Nat, if, uh, 
if Asia Wilson's currently on the squad holding down that power forward role, um, you got Margot Dedek in there who can just snag every rebound and, you know, is an eight time, you know, uh, eight time blocked shot leader of the, of the league. Right. So in eight seasons, Margot Dedek had more block shots than anybody, which makes sense. She's she was seven foot two, the late Margot Dedek. So, um, I, I had to throw some love there. Uh, I wanted to give both those players some love, but I ended up going with Dedek just simply because I feel like Natalie Williams and Asia Wilson are such like similar type players that um, I, I went with a current need for the Las Vegas Aces. So there's my pick. That's a good pick. Former uh, number one overall pick. Yeah. To the, to the Utah Stars at 98. Yeah, like that one. exactly. And uh, f- for reference, these, my, initial introduction to the WNBA was actually sitting courtside at a stars game. And I believe 2000, either 1999 or 2000. And I remember watching Natalie Williams and Margot Dedek play. And those two players like stood out to me big time. And, uh, so those, that's where my Utah bias is coming in for this Las Vegas aces franchise. So there you go. Aces fans. I, I, I snagged you Margot Dedek. Uh, Logan, I'll take LA first simply because I, maybe it'll help you with your decision. You can agree with me or you can go a different way. I went with a pretty obvious pick here. I'm going to go with Lisa Leslie. Um, nice. just simply, uh, just historically speaking, Lisa Leslie is just an absolute, uh, the influence that she had not only on the, the LA sparks, but on the game of basketball and, you know, young boys and girls across the country. Lisa Leslie was a household name in the early stages of this, uh, of this league. And if there's one thing that LA needs to do, it's to get back to the roots of who they were. And I think that begins with bringing back a Lisa Leslie in her prime. Um, so that's where I went with that one. Logan, I'm curious where you went with LA. Yeah, I went Lisa Leslie as well. Uh, anytime awesome. you can add a three-time MVP and four-time gold medalist to your roster, you pretty much have to do it. Um, I know I, I talk a ton about how next offseason, the Sparks are basically going to have the freedom to do whatever they want. They can just let every single player they have walk if they want and go just put together a whole new team. But they shouldn't do that because they do have some talent in there. And I think if you add Lisa Leslie at center... To you've got the Ogumake sisters, you've got Gabby Williams, you've got Erica Wheeler and Christy Tolliver as your guard duo. You've got some defense with a young Brittany Sykes. They have a lot of pieces that are kind of fun. Um, Taya Cooper's there, Lauren Cox is there as your kind of your young, uh, your young guns. But yeah, I I think uh, they're already kind of a probably a fringe playoff team that as soon as you add Lisa Leslie in her prime, become one of if not the favorites. Um, she was just that good, so. Yeah, I agree with that pick. Okay, solid. Let's go to Minnesota, Logan. Who are you taking from Minnesota? <laughs> I mean, this one's just, it's the right answer, but it's also romantic. Maya Moore. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I would add I Maya love Moore it. to this Minnesota team. And I, again, I, I, obviously we're talking about like if you add an all time great player to the current roster, pretty much every team instantly becomes like a title favorite. But yeah, of course. there is proof in the pudding here with this one because Maya Moore <laughs> did nothing but win in Minnesota. And I don't think she's ever coming back to basketball. And I've been saying that since the day she stepped away. I, I think 
she's comfortable with her career being over. Once you open the door to retirement, it's really hard to close it again. But what's fun about this one is it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, I Again, I wouldn't bank on it, but you add Maya Moore to this current team uh, with everybody they've picked up over the last couple of years, especially because they're in uh, a decent enough cap situation that they just picked up Angel McCautry. Uh, I mean, they're, yeah. they've been able to make the numbers work. Uh, Lishik Clarendon and a couple other savvy pickups last year really helped him uh, be a better team than I thought they would be. So, yeah. Miss you, Maya. See, I, that's the one I, I had as well. Um, the only secondary option I would add there is probably Lindsey Whalen for all of the reasons that you gave for Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing is if, if I was to improve on any play, any position for Minnesota, it's, it's guards and wings, right? And so that's where I think Maya Moore, Lindsey Whalen would make, uh, the most sense. Maya Moore might be in her prime, might be the best basketball player to have ever existed. And that's why I think you could almost say like, oh, well, you know, if you had Tamika Catchings or you had Diana Taurasi or you had Cheryl Swoops or whoever, and it's like, could you upgrade them with a player? And who could you upgrade? Like, who is a possible upgrade from that player? And Maya Moore is in the conversation that if Maya Moore's on the court, she might not be upgradable. And so you have to take her yeah. and that's, yeah. So, but I also had Lindsay Whalen as a potential there, but everybody, yeah. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know that we absolutely just fawn over Lindsay Whalen and everything that she uh, was and meant to the league and meant to women's basketball and continues to mean to women's basketball. Um, so I, I just felt like I had to give her yeah. that shout out. My, there. Maya Moore would have the numbers and the accomplishments and probably more of the Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi crowd. I mean, she, right. She is currently 11th all time in WNB history in offensive win shares. Um, basically in eight seasons and everybody ahead of her has played like 15 plus. So <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, Tarazi's at the top. Sue Bird's number five, Lindsay Whalen, Sylvia Fowles. The players that have played 16, 17 seasons in the league have amassed a lot of win shares just because of longevity. Um, she could just do everything. It was. I miss watching her play. I wish we had the show around when she was playing more uh, because it was just right at the tail end of her career that we got started. So, Yep. Agreed. Um, I'll go ahead and start off with New York and it's probably just some recency bias because her name's been in the, <laughs> in, in the, the news realm here, but I got to go with teaspoon Teresa Weatherspoon for nice. New York. I think makes a lot of sense here. Um, you know, number two all time in career assists, only following Sue Bird, um, you know, basically started the league was right there at the very beginning of the, of the league. Um, you know, had the shot that sent New York, you know, uh, that everybody, everybody talks about with New York. So like there's so much, there's so much here. Plus, um, not only that, but, you know, if you bring her back, but you also include maybe some of her current experience as a coach, you know, coaching both at, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech and uh, currently in the NBA with the Pelicans. Um, man, uh, I think there's there's a lot of a lot of players that you would have to make a strong argument for 
to uh, to pass up the influence that Teresa Witherspoon could have on a New York Liberty squad. Now, that being said, my only hesitation here is that the, the New York is a little bit guard heavy right now. They've got some really strong guards. And so I feel like I would be bringing in Witherspoon for, you know, uh, may not make as big of a difference at that position as you could potentially at a different position. Sure. But other than that, I think she's a great pick. Logan, where'd you go with New York? Hey, I may as well just run out of three guard lineup because I'm taking Becky Hammond. This is, like, <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> this is my Becky okay. Hammond pick. Uh, she did her best three years actually came <laughs> the three years following her departure from New York where she played in San Antonio. But it wasn't like she was anything less than stellar before that. Um, she amassed three all-star appearances in New York. Uh, she came into the league pretty young, played until she was 37. You know who Becky Hammond is if you listen to the show. Um, I, I think she could make any team. Like, you add Becky Hammond in her prime to any team with any makeup, even a team entirely comprised of guards. And I feel like she lifts that team. Uh, she's just one of the best to ever do it. And I'm glad that she's back in the league. It's going to be interesting to watch her coaching in Vegas this year. Um, just as a little side note, I think a lot of people are treating her coaching position in Vegas almost as like a, like a tryout for if Vegas gets an NBA team, because everyone expects that to happen soon. And actually I think that's pretty cool, dope, but I also hope that it's like, not just like, Hey, if you don't win a title in, in Vegas with the aces, then like, never mind. We can't move you to the like, NBA. <laughs> yeah. So that would be dumb. Ooh. All right, Logan, let's go Phoenix because I, I maybe wrote down eight different players for Phoenix and I'm so <laughs> curious. I'm so curious where you went with this. I'm going to let you go first. Uh, this one was kind of hard for me because I'm not actually much of a Cappy Pondexter fan. If I'm being totally honest, um, <laughs> I had that, Cappy Pondexter for New York. So that oh, was okay, my second okay. for New York. So uh, I, I was tempted to actually say that Dewana Bonner should just go back uh, <laughs> because I love Dewana Bonner. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're right. There's a ton of names. Uh, there's a ton of names on this list. Uh, but I went with Cappy just because I think the way that, I mean, you still have Griner and Tarazi there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's really the big, the big difference is you, you still have pieces of the team that have been there for a long, long time. Go ahead and add yourself a guard that was basically an all-star every eligible year between 20, like 2006 and 2015. And that's a long time to play at a high level. That's a really long time. Yeah. Um, she was great for Phoenix. She was great for the Liberty. She was even, she was still pretty good in Chicago at the late stage of her career. And then she started bouncing around, but boy, uh, I, I've just never been like, I, I've just never had much of a, a connection. Sometimes you just have a connection to players and it, maybe it's just how they play. Maybe it's just because you like watch them in a great game, have a moment. And you're like, I think that's one of my favorite players now. Like I have that with DJ Carrington. Like it, mm-hmm. it can just happen at the most random times. Like, oh, I just love that. Well, and, and to be fair, to be completely fair, I think recency with Cappy, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, yeah, it's her, her post have kind of, life I don't know. Yeah. Well, tainted <laughs> isn't maybe the right, isn't, isn't maybe the right, because I know she's battling, you know, with a lot of different, a lot of different things going on in her life yeah. right now. And so I don't want, I, I don't mean that to come down on her. Does, does that make sense? But I understand where, like, if you're a fan of the of the league in just the last like five seasons, you're like, I think Happy Pondexter has a little bit different. If you don't have the historical context, it has a different vibe than you know yeah, than maybe I, if you were a fan for the last ten to fifteen. I, I years. love that she got twelve seasons out of being a, a like a second round pick out of Rutgers. Yeah, I mean that's yes. not something that happens very often in the WNBA, as you know. So. 
seven-time All-Star Cappy Pondexter on that team, I think they're a winning team. Oh, for sure. Um, I'm going to go with, um, <laughs> you said you were tempted to do this and I wasn't just tempted. I followed through. Dewana Bonner, get back to Phoenix. Yeah. All right. Cause if, uh, if, if there's one thing this Phoenix Mercury squad could use, it's a Dewana Bonner. Cause think about how deadly this combo would be. They've already got Skydig, DT, Brittany Griner. You throw in Dewana Bonner. Oh, it's just, this, it's too good. This reminds it's me of too a, good. earlier on Twitter. Someone was daydreaming like, what if the Liberty added uh, Sammy Whitcomb, Bree Stewart, Jewel Lloyd? And I was like, ah, that's really funny. And Natasha Howard. We've, we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that team. That's how I feel <laughs> being like, oh, imagine if Dewana Bonner played for this Phoenix team. They would be like deep run in the playoff type of team, I bet. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait, that just happened like three seasons ago. So... Uh, yeah, I went with Dewana Bonner. Uh, I, I almost went with Michelle Timms. I think Michelle Timms, uh, you could make a really good argument, uh, to, to bring, uh, Michelle back to this squad. But I think if I'm looking for impact right now in today's game, Dewana Bonner, honestly, one of the most underrated current basketball players on the planet, like has the potential to put up, really could put up MVP numbers at any given moment. Um, and is also just a really great teammate. So I, I went with Bonner. Uh, Logan, I'm going to go ahead and take Seattle. Uh, I went with Lauren Jackson because I thought it was really obvious. Cool. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where you went with this, but uh, I, I went Lauren Jackson because, like, if you, with the current Seattle roster, you know, they got Mercedes Russell and they've got some, they've got some bigs, but if you're looking to, like, really free, you know, Sue Bird, um, Jewel Lloyd, and Bree Stewart, and really just let them go be the best version of, the, of themselves. You got Katie Lou also shooting on the outside, um, Jordan Canada, right? Like, you've got some really solid, uh, well, and I, we're recording this. Jordan Kennedy might be not with the storm for all I know, and maybe Stewie or Jewel signed somewhere else because we're recording this on the night of the 31st. But that's who I would bring back is Lauren Jackson because the center position has been um, iffy at best for the Seattle storm outside of uh, a stint with Natasha Howard for a couple seasons. So um, ever since Lauren Jackson left, if your name isn't, um, if your name wasn't uh, Natasha Howard, Seattle's weak link in their chain has been that center position. So bring her back. Yeah, I I found this one hard to to pick away from Lauren Jackson. Almost similar to the Maya Moore pick because it's like, well, we have the proof of concept. Like, yeah, <laughs> we know that they would win it all with Lauren Jackson. I do feel like it's worth mentioning Yolanda Griffith. She's a Hall of Famer. She won an MVP. She's a seven time All Star. Six foot four, one seventy five. She she could play yeah. center. Um, and I That's you true. Know, she was a really good player a long time for uh, Sacramento, and then played one year in Seattle, one year in Indiana. So not known for the Seattle stint of her career by any means, but technically counted. So I threw her in here because we didn't mention her name today because Sacramento doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I think the answer is still Lauren Jackson. I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, anytime you get a chance to add a three-time MVP to your squad, you should probably do it. So defensive sure. player of the year in 07, MVP in 07, tough to do. Logan, I'm going to let you go ahead and take Washington first since I took Seattle first there. Go ahead and bring it home for our last 
uh, our last team of the of the night. Who are you bringing Washington. back to Washington? All right, for the final pick of the night in this weird fantasy draft that we're doing in the offseason, <laughs> I'm going to take 5'11 guard Katie Smith out of Ohio State. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I, I know she uh, she was a Lynx for a long time. Played for a couple other teams in there. Uh, ended up playing, I guess, just one season for Washington. So this is kind of a sneaky pick. Um, but Katie Smith was a baller, man. <laughs> like another Hall of Famer, another seven time All Star. She was an All Star with what four different teams? Five different teams. Yeah, in Minnesota, Detroit, Washington, Seattle, and New York. That's impressive. All over the place, but a fantastic player. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just a great scorer, distributor. She was almost the, I, I see her as like the, almost like the, uh, I don't want to conflate the two because I don't think they're the same player by any means. But like, I feel like Katie Smith walked so that Courtney Vandersloot could run. Is that, <laughs> is that fair? <laughs> that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I think Katie yeah. was maybe a better score first player. Yeah. And Vandersloot is a better facilitator. Obviously, I think Vandersloot's one of the best facilitators we'll ever see play women's basketball. So, yeah. But I like it. I like that. Um, I had a hard time with Washington. Katie Smith was the first name that came to mind. But Katie Smith also came to mind, as you just mentioned, with a lot of teams. And so since you just gave Katie Smith her flowers, I had a little bit of fun. <laughs> I had a little bit of fun. Uh, with this one because the current iteration of the Washington Mystics um, actually <laughs> actually made a, a pretty significant mistake in that they gave up the reigning finals MVP in Kalia <laughs> Copper. So I'm bringing I'm bringing Copper back to Washington um, so that they can uh, correct the mistake that they made in, in letting her go. So, um, I think that, uh, here's the thing, Man, copper. We have, we have not on that mystics team. If they were all healthy. Yes. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. Exactly. I think, well, cause here's the thing. Washington oh, has man. a good, like has a, uh, well, I don't know if I would say good history because they've had some really, really bad teams in the past as well. But they've got, you know, recently they've got a title. They've got, you know, some some big time players. However, I think that I think that we're just scratching the surface of what Kalia Copper could ultimately become in this league. And I think that uh, this is not going to be the last, uh, you know, a Finals MVP is not the last major hardware that Copper's going to be bringing home. So um, that being said, I think her best years are ahead of her. And um, and I'm going to bring her back to Washington and shore up that uh, that Mystic squad, and uh, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see. Now, but that's is, where I went with that one. It Had is worth fun. mentioning. Uh, we do have people in the chat. First time chat uh, commenter, by the way, Air Chevy uh, made yeah. made the comment that you you probably still don't get Elena Deladon unless you give up Copper, which is true. But in terms of today's uh, make believe draft, uh, I think we count it. <laughs> But there is there is a good point there. I mean, they they got Elena Deladon, they got a championship out of it. But certainly looks like Clea Copper's like one of those future faces. I mean, current faces of the league. Yeah. I need to stop calling her future because uh, she's, she's, yeah, she's there yeah. now. Current so. and future, both right. I also considered uh, both um, Nikki Teasley and Christy Tolliver. I think were options for Washington, but yeah, I, I liked the Katie Smith pick, and I went with Copper as well. <laughs> so. 
So there you have it. That's who uh, who we would bring back former players of the current. Uh, if you take the current rosters, well, current as far as we know, we don't know what free agency is going to do over the next couple of days. And who knows, maybe some of this episode is completely null and void and uh, Bree Stewart signed somewhere else. And we would obviously try to maybe bring her back to Seattle. I don't know. But we'll see. <laughs> but uh, regardless, Lauren Jackson's a good pick. Um so there you have it. That's who we would, uh, as far as former players go, who we would look to bring back to uh, to the current rosters as they as they sit. So, um, Logan, before we before we take off and, and sign off, would you uh, do us a favor and let everybody know where they can find us and how they can interact with us? Yes, first and foremost, if you're listening to the show now on a podcast platform and you haven't yet left a five star review, you can go ahead and do that. Leave us the five-star review. We'll read it on the air. We'll give you the drop. We'll give you your flowers. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, that helps us feel good about ourselves. But more importantly, it helps other people find the league, especially in this off-season period where um, not a lot of there's just not as much content out there, and uh, a lot of people are going to be looking for like, hey, my favorite college player is probably going to go pro, or I've been wanting to get into the league and I don't have a team. And we like to answer that sort of stuff in the off-season as we lead up to the regular season. And so we want to get more eyes on the product uh, before we get to the point where the season is tipping off so that they can be a part of that. So you help other people like yourselves find the show. When you do that, five-star reviews are great. Uh, you can also watch the stream on Twitch. Uh, we broadcast basically all of our episodes live on twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. Uh, you'll hear us reference comments coming into the chat basically every episode because it's kind of an ongoing conversation as we record. And we really like the participation that we've seen over there. We're almost to our 500th uh, listener over on the Twitch stream, which is really cool because we just started doing that less than a year ago. Uh, we're already growing that. So that's exciting. Uh, store Envy. You can go to WNBANation.StoreEnvy.com. You can get some sweet T-shirts. You can get a pretty sweet mug. Uh, that Indiva <laughs> showed off on Twitter the other day. I was like, dang, we have mugs? I need to get I was like, I didn't get a mug yet. Yeah, I need to get cool. a mug. Why don't I have a mug? <laughs> and then lastly, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. We will be your hub for all WNBA news uh, breaking over the next couple couple days and couple weeks this offseason. Uh, we are not WNBA insiders, but we do follow all the WNBA insiders. So if you're new to the league and you don't know who to follow on Twitter, we're just going to be retweeting them onto your page constantly. Uh, you so you don't have to worry <laughs> about it. We'll introduce you to the whole circle of W followers and content creators and, uh, you know, inside reporters and Rachel Galligan and all of, all of that club. So, uh, we're happy to be your introduction to this league. Uh, this is a super fun episode to do with you, Kyle. I'm glad we, glad we got to hopefully introduce some listeners to some new players that they haven't heard of before. Or, uh, just yeah, go look up if you. If you haven't heard of some of these names, go look them up and maybe catch some YouTube highlights. And just enjoy some of the history of this fantastic league. Um, and just, yeah, just take a little trip and, you know, check out some of the, some of these giants that the current league is standing on the shoulders of. And, and, uh, do, it'll, trust me, it will be well worth your time. All right, Logan. Uh, thanks, man. This was a lot of fun. I thought this was a, this is a cool episode and I think it was a lot of fun. And I don't know. Um, if, if I went to redo this again, uh, a week from now, I probably would maybe have like six different picks, you know? Well, that's because a week from uh, now, every player we know is going to be on <laughs> Chicago. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, I might keep my Lauren Jackson, my Maya Moore, Lisa Leslie and Tamika catchings, but I probably, 
I might shuffle around every other team there and just see where see what sticks. So, um, but uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, again, we appreciate all of it, uh, all of your subscribe, uh, all of your subscriptions, your reviews, everything. And uh, but uh, until next time for WNBA Nation, I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones, and we got you next time.